This is the Allie Beth Allman Real Estate Mental Performance Podcast, helping you increase your influence and impact by investing into becoming the best version of yourself. It's a great day to be with Team Allie Beth. Let's join Keith, Aaron, and Brian with today's episode. Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, host of the Ali Beth Ullman podcast here with Aaron Young-Garrett. And Aaron, super excited to continue you know, our discussion about the mindset of real estate. And one of the things that we talked about before we got on to today's podcast and started recording was that you had a very special opportunity at Ali Beth where you all had a guest speaker and you brought up a point that I think resonates with all of our agents. And it's one we want to kind of talk about today. Yes. So we, we met with our top agent who has a team and they produced over 550 million in sales last year, which is one of the top teams in the country. And, you know, he's a hard worker, but from our meeting yesterday, one of the things that he pointed out was that this is a a team business and it's not buyer versus seller, but, you know, you may be on the buyer side or you may be on the seller side representing each of those parties but you're also working with the other agents to get the deal done. Yeah. I think it's that concept of like buyer versus seller who's going to win versus no teamwork makes the dream work. Like how do we do this together to make the best for both parties, you know, and talk about kind of that mindset shift it from, you know, being, being a, all or nothing versus no, we both can win here. It's kind of the Stephen Covey, seven habits of highly effective people of, you know, seek win-win, right? How do we both win in this to make this valuable for us? And and that's true. And there are, you know, there are things that are non-negotiables for a buyer and there's non-negotiables for a seller, but in a contract and in a deal, there's a lot of things where you can get both parties to the same, you know, to the same point. And, Mm. You know, and that's what the agent's responsibility is, is to manage their client and get everybody there. So at the end of the day, the deal gets done. The, you know, the buyer wants the home, the seller wants to sell it, you know, and that's, you get the deal done. And I don't think, you know, in a lot of ways, a lot of people, you know, a lot of athletes come into this business because there is that adrenaline rush of getting the deal done, of winning, of, you know, closing the deal and all of that. And, you know, you are trying to, you know, negotiate as much as you can on behalf of your client. But at the same time, if you overplay it, then you won't get to the, you won't get to the, you know, the closing table or you won't make it to the bank either, Mm. you know, Mm. and get paid. And so, and that was one of the things that he spoke about that just really resonated. Yeah, I think that's really cool. You know, is someone who's in in the process right now of, you know, selling my father's house back in Massachusetts. And luckily, you know, I'm selling it to a friend of mine and it's, 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 it's a different process than any house I've ever sold. And it's definitely much more of a teamwork process, you know, or even as the seller or someone who's bought a house in the past, it's, it's kind of always been like, Hey, are you going to go, are you going to go compete for me? You know, are you going to go and try to get this best deal done when, and, and now that we're talking about it, it's like, well, how does it, how do we get it to work for both parties just to get it done? Like, what is it that I want? What is it that they want? How do we get there? You know, and, and both, both not feeling like we're getting taken advantage of and both not feeling like, you know, we're, we're really overstepping the boundaries and having to, to do what we're not uncomfortable with doing. What are some of the, some of the maybe psychological barriers, Aaron, that you've seen, whether it's with agents or with buyers or sellers that might get in the way of, of that concept of teamwork, making the dream work? For sure, you know, 
from an agent as you know, every buyer and seller gets emotionally invested, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, as you're just talking about, it's you said it's your dad's home, so that's how I grew up. Yeah, yeah. So th- there's a lot with that, right? So you know, um, and your your buyer has you know different plans for it than what you guys had used it for, and life has changed, and so you know everybody's emotionally invested in it, and. And that's one thing. So the agents, you know, it's key for the agent to not jump onto their client's emotional roller coaster, you know, because you have a high of, if you're on the sell side, you have the high of the, the buyer coming in, getting the contract executing. But then, you know, there's lots of lows of I've got to do all this work to, you know, the house gets inspected and, you know, essentially a buyer is paying an inspector to critique the house and the quality of care that you've given it. So you know, you can't jump on there. So my point being, there's a lot of lows after you reach the high of executing that contract. There's a lot of lows before you get back to a high of closing and, you know, and turning the house over, you know, the money hitting the bank account for the seller and the buyer getting the keys. And so Mm -hmm. just not jumping on that emotional roller coaster of your client is one of the key things. And it goes back to what we talked about last week of, you know, what is it that every agent needs to do? to, you know, what are the fundamentals? We talked about the fundamentals um, for people. Yeah, I love that concept of the emotional roller coaster, you know, and I think some people enjoy the emotional roller coaster, you know, they, they, they seek the emotional roller coaster, they like the ride, but ultimately I think the best performing agents are the ones that are able to maintain a, a self-control while the emotional roller coaster is going crazy around them. And as my mentor, Dr. Ken Revisa used to say around, around mental performance in any arena, he would say, you have to be in control of yourself before you can control your performance. He'd also say you have very little control of what goes on around you, but total control of how you choose to respond to it. And I think that's, that's something I, that I, would be a really good mindset for the agents to take away and can be simply summarized as E plus R equals O. It's a concept that Jack Canfield first talked about in his book, The Success Principles, that I heard Dr. Gilbert talk about on, on Success Hotline, is that event plus response equals outcome. And as an agent, I can't always control the events that happen. An inspection, a bank, closing dates, things like that. I can't control the events that happen, but I can control my response and my response will influence the outcome. And I think for the agent, I know as a buyer and a seller, you're always looking for the agent who's, who's got energy that that's positive, but is in control all the time that they don't get emotional. And they're no matter what happens to the deal, they're always moving forward with that positive mindset. I mean, how, how important do you think, Aaron, is that energy in the mindset of the agent in terms of managing the, their clients? Working oh, with their it's, clients? It's very important. And I would also say in this moment where, you know, inventory, it's so stressful, you know, Mm. because buyers feel like they're overpaying, sellers are worried that they're underselling, you know, and I mean, because that's probably something that you've thought about in your deal, like, you know, did I let it hit the market, you know, I know I've got a guaranteed buyer, right, and there's something to be said for that, when you have a guaranteed buyer and somebody you know, Uh, But you also, you know, in this market with such low inventory, you know, everybody questions, did I undersell the house, you know, without, you know, did I give it, you know, if you didn't put it in, in the MLS, did I give it enough market exposure? If you did put it in the MLS, did I give it enough time in the MLS for market exposure? Did I price it too low? 
because my bids came in, you know, all these offers came in so high, all those questions. There's just lots of second guessing yourself. And at the end of the day, you know, the, the property's worth what a seller's willing to sell it for and a buyer's willing to pay for it. Mm. So. Yeah, it's great. Great. Well said, you know, and I think when you look at that concept of, of as the agent continuing, continuing to move it forward and continuing to focus on the teamwork, making the dream work. I think one of our best examples to look at goes all the way back to 2004 in the major league baseball world series. And then the Boston Red Sox were playing the New York Yankees in the American league championship series. Winner goes to the world series and the Red Sox were down three games to nothing. And it looks like, you know, that the Red Sox are done Never in the history of Major League Baseball has a team been down three games to zero and came back and won until 2004. And I want to share a little, quick little clip from my friend, Sean Casey. He has a podcast called The Mayor's Office. And what he does is he interviews a lot of former Major League Baseball players, but they talk about concepts from the game that apply to everything in life. Similar to what we're doing here is we may talk about some concepts, you know, from your basketball career or Keith's baseball career or mental performance coaching and athletics, but it ties to real estate, it ties to parenting, it ties to everything. And in this clip where Sean Casey's interviewing Kurt Schilling, who if you remember in 2004, he pitched with the bloody sock for the Red Sox, you know, in that, in, in that kind of historical game. Kurt Schilling talks about what the team's response was when they were down 3-0 and how they focused on getting back to where they wanted to be. And one of the most historical runs in professional sports history, the Red Sox ran off eight straight wins. Down 3-0, they won off eight straight wins to win the ALCS and to win the World Series. Let's take a listen to Sean Casey and Kurt Schilling talking about um, that process. Shit, when you go back, though, to your time in Boston, you mentioned a couple of guys in Boston. I want to go back to this. Just the last thing I want to touch on is that 04 team. Because, you know, you go back to the 01, that 01 World Series, maybe the greatest World Series ever. Then you go back to the 04 team. You know, you'll go down and in the history because of the way you pitched, uh, right. you know, the bloody sock game, down 3-0 three, uh, three to the Yankees. You guys are the only team in the history, I believe, of professional sports. I don't know no, if it's to this day. Just baseball, okay, to come down 3-0 and, and, and win four against the Yankees. Like, what was that like, though? That team, that whole, you know, the whole thing that you guys pulled off in Boston and, you know, like I said, that team for, to break the curse and all the things that you guys did will go down as one of the greatest ever. Well, so, so to start off, you know, brush away all the eyewash stuff, what a sickeningly talented team. Yeah. Right? We had a batting champion hitting ninth. Like, like, and we had Manny and David in the middle. I mean, it was the, the, the depth of that team, the talent of that team was, was only surpassed by the roster in New York. I mean, when you look at their roster, it was like, oh my God. Right. You know, A-Rod and that was a joke. But, but, but we had something they didn't uh, in, in the sense we loved and cared very deeply about each other. <laughs> and, and that serves itself i always say the best teams win the world series i don't care i don't care the best teams win the teams. world series. and uh, and you realize then why because we're down 3-0 and tito and, and you know we, we were talking in the locker room after the 3-0 and, and one of the things that i said really <laughs> one of the puppies He's excited the puppies about the world series that's a big world one series the, one of the things that i said was listen this is not you know, it's where I, I, I tried to define focus. I said, you know, we don't have to win four straight. 
we don't we don't have to win three straight, two straight, or or we don't have to win the game tomorrow. You got to win the top of the first. Mm. You got to win the top of the first. I said if if we as a twenty five man team, if every one of us focuses just on the job that we are assigned to do in that minute, there's no chance we can get beat. None. And I mean, we went to the ninth the next night and won. I mean. But it was, it was, we, for 25, 25 guys, after we were down 3-0, we won eight straight. Wow. And it was the most focused I ever saw anybody. Hmm. Aaron, what are you hearing Kurt Schilling say there that you feel like can resonate with our agents? Oh, I love that. You know, it's just about every part of the deal. You know, don't get focused on what the end result may or may not be, you know, the worst case scenario. I mean, obviously they were thinking about here we are, we're going to lose the World Series and be embarrassed to lose it and, you know, and for a sweep, which, you know, as a professional athlete is embarrassing, you know, to be at that level and not be able to win one game. Right, but, right. You know, but all they were focused on was just doing their responsibility in the moment. And mm. that's what got them to the end of the, you know, that's what got them to eight straight wins. Mm. I love you saying we're not trying to win three games. We're not trying to even win tomorrow's game. We're trying to win the top of the first, right? Top of the and, first. And I think if you can think about that concept as I'm just trying to win the next step. How do I keep moving forward, right? And if I keep moving forward, the outcome takes care of itself. It's the complete process over outcome approach. And if you focus on the process and you hit every step in the process, eventually you're going to get to the outcome that you're looking for. And you know, I go back and, and share a story. I was down at Midland Lee High School in Texas and I was getting ready. Midland Lee was playing Odessia Permian. It was much after Friday Night Lights. And I was there, I'd been working with Lee, Lee all year and I'm speaking at their, their pregame like pep rally. And I'm all excited. I'm probably three or four monsters or Red Bulls deep and I'm running up the stairs to go into the gym to speak to the student body. And I'm going like two or three steps at a time. And their quarterback, a kid named Caden Coots who I'm walking with, goes, whoa, Coach Kane, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't skip steps. And I was like, ooh. First time here, I guess maybe that's a bad omen. So I walk back down the stairs and go, is it a game day thing? He goes, no, coach, you're always talking about the process. He goes, and the process leads to results. He goes, you can't skip a step in the process and expect to make it to the top. So every time we come to a staircase, we hit every single step on the way up. That's our physical reminder that you can't miss a step in the process and make it to the top. And that's what Kurt Schilling is saying. And that's, I think, what our message of today is, is that teamwork makes the dream work and work together, buyer and seller, agents and agents to help the process move along to where it needs to be to get the deal done and make people happy. Exactly. Great wisdom today. Mm. Aaron, thanks for being here. Dominate today. It's a great day to be with Team Alibeth. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much.